Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Listen and grow as Dell questions the status quo, encourages you to think differently, and empowers you to make a better life. Get ready as Dell challenges core beliefs, seeks the truth, and reveals the roadmap to the lifestyle you really want. And now your host, multi-millionaire, national award-winning investor, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. My friends, today I want to talk to you about a completely different topic. What are we going to talk about? Real estate sales. Because we're going to talk about it from the point of view of the brokerage firm that's selling you the real estate. And I want to talk about what I found to be true. 33, 34 years ago, 1990, September 1990, uh, I walked out of a seminar and a bunch of people followed me because they realized that those people at the seminar were liars, cheats, thieves, and con artists. And I was the real thing. We started Lifestyles Unlimited. We started helping people buy real estate. I started teaching classes. Back then, you could buy real estate for a very, very low price. That was just the nature of the being at the time, and we were in a recession besides that as a secondary. I was telling people how to do stuff that was almost, it sounded almost too good to be true. In fact, some of everything we teach sounds too good to be true. And I was telling people you could go out there and buy real estate, nothing down. I was doing it every single day of the week. There was no problem back then. It doesn't occur now. That's not the way the marketplace allows you to buy in at this point. But back then, we could buy in nothing down. Uh, we could buy stuff that had as much as 100% cash flow. In other words, you put down $2,000 in the property to make over 2000 a year in cash flow. Just unbelievable amounts of wealth. But here's the deal. Even when all of those opportunities were available, once I started Lifestyles and started teaching people, the first thing I found were people coming back to me and saying, no, Dell, I spoke to a broker, or I spoke to two brokers, or real estate agents, and these agents told me there's no way that that stuff exists. There's no way any property actually cash flows. There's no way you can buy a property for, you know, a low amount down. In this world, that would be somewhere under $10,000 down for a single-family house. It just doesn't exist. It can't be had. There's no way, blah, blah, blah. And you say, well, why do these agents tell people that when I was doing it left and right? Because, number one, that was work. They had to go find these things. These were not something you'd go down to the grocery store and say, I, I want to fill my cart. These were not things you'd go down to the shoe store and go, I need a size eight and a half, please, and red and black and blue. These were things where you had to go search out and find these deals. And the reality is the way this stuff really works is you have to find somebody willing to take a loss. You have to find a motivated seller. When you find a motivated seller, then you have to negotiate a deal. But if you don't have a nego if you don't have a motivated seller, if you don't have a deal that's sitting there where someone's willing to negotiate a deal, it's pretty tough to do. And even then, you've got a broker nine times out of ten, maybe twenty times out of tw nine, no, nineteen out of twenty times, you've got a broker there working against you in the transaction if you're a buyer. Why? Because brokers work for the seller. The whole process is designed for brokers to go out and get listings and sellers tell the broker what they want 
as far as the price. Now, the broker will give them an, a market opinion, but that's how you get their listing. It's a sales pitch. Hey, I can get you more than that a guy over there, so why don't you go with me? And so the broker has lied to this person, or maybe not lied, but has represented that they can get this amount for them. Now, here comes a buyer wanting to go in there and say, no, you really, your property's not worth it. The difference you have to understand is maybe the best property on the street's worth that, but this property here that's not in good shape has all kinds of extenuating circumstances tied to it. This deal is ripe for a lowball offer, but the brokers won't take that offer for you to the seller. They think it's ridiculous. Oh my God, you're wasting my time. It, it, it was, you're, it's an insult. The seller's going to think it's an insult. And on and on and on we went over it. These people were coming to me left and right telling me this is what they're running into. Now, at that time, I also sold and, and taught, not sold, but taught how to buy real estate straight out of the newspaper and, you know, so on and so forth. Direct buys, signs, um, all kinds of wholesale type stuff to buy stuff. But what I found was even though that stuff worked, it was such that I signed up a hundred people in a seminar. I couldn't tell a hundred people to go to the same market and do the same thing and see it work. We ultimately had to come back to MLS. We ultimately had to come back to the real world market to find enough deals to satiate all of these new buyers I had created. And so somebody came to me one time. It was a broker. He said, Dell, you know what you're missing? I go, what do you mean? What am I missing? I it's pretty much an egotistical statement. You know, I'm missing something. What am I missing? He goes, yeah, you're missing something that's really important. I said, what is that? He says, you need a real estate company. I said, oh, tell me more. And so this gentleman sat down with me, and we came up with a plan for creating what is known as a buyer's brokerage agency. 33 years ago, there were no buyer's brokerage agencies. There was such a thing as a buyer's broker. But it was a very infrequently used legal transaction where one broker represented the buyer and one broker represented the seller. But in this particular case, we decided we were going to create an entire company based on being buyers, brokers. In other words, we are going to help all of these members that we created. At first, it was hundreds of members. Later, it was thousands of members. And after that, now it is tens of thousands of members that go out and buy real estate every day to where right now our real estate brokerage firms are some of the highest broker or highest sales brokerage firms in the country. I have Stacy Crow with me, who is a broker out of Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, she's been with us for five years. She's been a broker now for seven years. Before that, she was uh, did 16 years as technology sales, and uh, she decided to get into real estate. We'll get in with her why she did that. But she's been our on-the-ground person there for the last five years, and we're really happy to have her with us today. Stacy, welcome to the show. Tell us more about yourself. So I grew I've, I've grown up in Arizona, and after college, I did what most young graduates do, went out and seeked a job and landed a job in a, a large Fortune 500 company, spent uh, 16 years with that company, um, went through multiple acquisitions, and just started losing interest in that corporate uh, job environment. And 
wanted to change, and my father uh, had on the side built uh, single-family houses, and so I had always watched him build these houses from the ground up. So then moving into real estate was a natural progression for me, and it's something that I absolutely enjoy. So that is kind of a real quick scenario of how I transitioned from corporate America into doing um, real estate. Give me your pain button. What, what made you say, I'm going to quit that and go out on my own? Because being a real estate agent, broker, whatever it is, that's yeah. a lonely job compared to working in a corporate America job. What made you decide, boom, I'm going to break that off and go join the other group of people in this world, the entrepreneurial-based people? Well, I I have a very independent personality, and I'm pretty structured, So, and I, and I actually don't really need to be like managed like in that corporate environment. So because I can structure my days pretty easily and be hyper-focused, moving into real estate, given the direction or what I have my mind set for, has been easy and it hasn't been that difficult to move into real estate. But corporate America, yeah, you have lots of managers overlooking you and and well that wasn't really what i'm looking for stacy you're giving me the uh the nice uh (laughs) generic we want the real scoop who irritated you (laughs) you know what what was it made it say i'm done because that you got to say i'm done i remember quitting corporate america it's the i'm done is so hard and but i'm Uh, done yeah the, the managers that I had to report up to, and then the product in which I was trying to sell, I, I just lost interest in it. Selling technology had its, it was not becoming desirable for me anymore. And it was really hard for me to want to sell a concept that you couldn't touch or feel. And I just lost interest in it. All right, that's fair. I'll let you off the hook on okay. that one. So we go to, you. <laughs> you decided to be a real estate agent. And uh, I know you have to be an agent for a while before you become a broker and so on and so forth. What kind of real estate did you start out selling when you were a wee, wee little one? Residential. I just started uh, working with, you know, regular families, putting them in their first home or maybe their their second home. So had spent it in, in residential. When you started in that, did you have any interest in investing type real estate at all, or did that come later? And how did you get associated with investment real estate? I will tell you, I had no real interest, hadn't even thought that mindset, but I would be in the car driving and I came across your show and would always tune into it. and was really absorbing everything that you had to say. And that's where I um, started to learn about everything that you speak about to the audience. And through listening to your show daily um, and really getting excited for the information that you were sharing out, I uh, started telling my husband about it. And then we became members. So... I became a member first, even though I had my real estate license and was practicing real estate um, through another brokerage. 
Now, did you feel there was something oxymoronic about the fact that we have to teach real estate agents how to see real estate as investments as opposed to just selling somebody a house? Absolutely. Like if you speak with, and I know you do, a lot of agents out there, they don't even go into the investment side of things. They're just looking to do a transaction and close it and move on to the next transaction. They don't look at it from the cash flow perspective that you teach your audience and members. Absolutely. So we've got just another minute on this, uh, actually only 30 seconds, so I I got a lot I want to talk to you about. Uh, But one of the things we're going to come back and talk about is when you went to the two-day, what were the aha moments that you ran into? And by the way, was your husband at the two-day also? Oh, I dragged him with me. I sure brought him. (laughs) Yes. All right. Then I guess we're going to want to find out, did you get him converted after, uh, you know, you got him there also. So we'll talk about your two-day experience when we come back for the rest of you out there. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with Stacy Crow from Phoenix, Arizona, and the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. to creating the lifestyle you really want. Keep listening. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show returns in moments. Lifestyles Unlimited members share their stories and strategies for success at case study events. If you got laid off tomorrow, what would you do? Would you have to be working at McDonald's or wait to try and find another job with the downsizing the economy? Kept on coming to meetings, even with David Fisher online and stuff like that, but still we just like... We need to make the jump. So we kept praying for time to get this job done, to to be able to find the properties. How do we find the properties? How do you find the time? And God answered our prayers, and he got downsized from his corporate job. But they didn't buy just one house, right? No, they did not. You're rehabbing house number nine right now. Nine. Wow. So every month, the cash flow is $3,200. Okay, the equity of all the houses is up to 280000 Join us this month and learn from people just like you. Check in-person and online dates at lucasestudy.com. That's lucasestudy.com. You're hearing the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more life-changing knowledge? Access our podcast and listen on demand at lifestylesunlimited.com under the radio tab. Now your host, Dell Wamsley. Welcome back to Dell Wamsley Radio Show. With me today is Stacy Crow out of Phoenix, Arizona. Stacy is a broker for my real estate company out there, and uh, she's with us today to talk about the marketplace out in Phoenix and what's going on in this crazy real estate market. Before we get to that, Stacy, we do want to go back really quickly and pick up where we left off on the break, which was uh, just share with us what the uh, you and your husband's epiphanies were by going to the two day. I mean, obviously you're a real estate agent, so you touch real estate all day long. Uh, you know, all of a sudden you go somewhere and you're hearing all kinds of different stuff. What was the aha moment for you and your husband at the two day? The amount of money that we would be able to make through the investment choices uh, in real estate 
And uh, I just felt like I wasn't going to get there or we were not going to get there doing the traditional model that is set up in our society. And uh, just knew that this was the direction I really wanted to go in. Well, when you look at it, real estate brokerage and real estate sales, not real estate investing, but what you do, that's a tough business. That's a really tough mm-hmm. because it's eat what you kill. If you don't sell something, you don't eat. And uh, so, you know, when you're looking at, you know, at least with corporate America, you got a long-term job and you maybe have a 401k and, you know, da, 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 da. But you really are in a situation when you're a broker or an agent, you've got to think about your long-term um Financial safety, I guess, is the way to look at it. So let's move on and let's talk about something else here because I really want to get to a lot of things, and I hope we can squeeze them all in still. Um, Let's talk about this factoid here. Before we get to the Phoenix market specific, which I do want to hit, let's talk about the fact that over the last couple of 10 years or so, you've been doing this for seven years, the market's been crazy to where it's been a seller's market. You just put a number on something, stick it out there, and then people will build that number up. They'll bid it up higher than what you even put it. You can stick it. In fact, it got so crazy, Stacey, people aren't even putting prices on real estate anymore. They've gotten the habit of just going market, whatever market mm-hmm. needs. Whatever somebody's stupid enough to give me, I'll take it. Plus, I'll then have a bid off against each other so they go even higher. Um, that's insanity. The deals have gotten to where the deals were thinner and thinner and thinner. And then all of a sudden the Fed breaks their back and boom. Now you've got a situation where the sellers still think that's what the market is. And if they don't think it, they really want it to be there. They're wishing that this was just a blip on the market, that this is all going to go away. And tomorrow the price is going to keep screaming back up again. And the buyers are sitting there going like, well, Dell is screaming on the radio that, you know, Hey, there should be some deals out there. There should be some, you know, the prices should be going down. Now, across the board, we're seeing the prices going down between 10 and 20% as a aggregate whole across the country. Um, not any, you know, real estate lo- is local always type of a deal, which will come back to Phoenix and so forth. But what I think is really interesting, I would like to get your comment on, is as a buyer broker side of the transaction, uh, two years ago, I was screaming this. A year ago, I was screaming it. Six months ago, it changed. I was saying the brokers on the other side, the selling brokers, would not admit that the deals didn't make sense anymore with the cap rates they were selling them at, the prices they were selling them at, and that now the prices needed to change. And now we're hearing them break. If the brokers break, then the sellers will start to break. Uh, what are you hearing out there? Are you starting to see brokers starting to come to the the reality, take their head out of the sand and go, yeah, guess what? If we're going to sell anything, we better lower the prices. I am. Actually, I was on the phone yesterday evening talking with about three different brokers on some properties and was looking at that price that they were looking to get. And I said, are we firm on this price? And the last two to three years, everything was firm, and now it's not firm anymore. There's room to negotiate, and I like that. You like those words, huh? Yeah. <laughs> There's room. Because yeah, here's the deal. If, if we can negotiate, then I can get the numbers to work, then that deal is going to be sweeter to present to our members. Isn't it funny how real estate agents and brokers have their own language? Yeah. It's it's really subliminal. They say things. You've got to read into what they're saying, right? It's mm-hmm. hilarious. But okay, so now now you're starting to see it. And um, have you guys out there 
started to actually negotiate some of these deals. We have, where I'm at, I'm just asking you, have you guys started to get some of the concessions from the sellers to get into more realistic prices? Yes, and I'm working on a couple right now, and uh, I'll see how things shake out. If it doesn't make sense for the members, then I'm just going to have to toss it. And So we always are analyzing these properties and making sure they they make sense and if they don't we move on so i've got a couple right now that i'm crunching numbers and and determining if it it fits the model for how we buy our properties or how the members buy their properties absolutely you know it's like uh it's like those dating apps. <laughs> you just keep looking at these <laughs> listings and you swipe left and swipe left or swipe yep. right or swipe right or whatever. And then you go in, you go on that introductory date and uh, go, ooh, you know, that's not going to work. And you got to go on a lot of introductory dates to nail something oh, down sure. that actually works for you, right? Mm-hmm. The number of properties I'll look at, you think they look good on the outside. I guess that's like how dating apps are, right? You look good mm-hmm. on the outside, but then when you start looking underneath the hood of the car or something like that, you're like, got to go, pass, pass, okay, let's stop. This one's a good one. I'm going to send it out. I'm going to call a couple people. Now, one of the things I've noticed when uh, I was helping people buy stuff is that the average person, not us, not the brokers, not the agents, not lifestyles, teachers and mentors, but the average person, new person coming in, for some reason, believes that you can just go into a transaction and tell them whatever you want to tell them and negotiate them, and they're going to just fall over and die and give you the price they want. That isn't the case. We both know that. Um, mm-hmm. But when things become negotiable, it's it's a process, is it not? It doesn't happen. you got to kind of work into that. Yeah, I think it's like dancing. You go in and you start kind of observing the environment, and then you slowly but surely go in uh, and start getting very specific things because you already have an idea what your buyers are looking for, and you already know what kind of uh, capital you want to work with and things like that, and you slowly surely kind of nudge your way in. And having good relationships with those brokers through the uh, beginning of the transaction all the way to the end are vital. And egos need to be set aside because at the end of the day, you're looking to make sure that the transaction it runs smoothly and is executed successfully and that that closing works out perfectly. Let's talk about why Phoenix is such a, a, a interesting and exciting place to invest your investment capital. Not, not only to mention place to live, but just mostly for investment here. Why are people all over the country coming to Phoenix to buy investment real estate? It has, it's much more affordable to live here compared to some of your larger metropolitan cities, uh, especially if you're coming from like the West Coast. Our property taxes are extremely low. Uh, and then our insurance for homes is very low as well. And the reason why that is is that we don't have any large natural disasters that happen. So with our property taxes being low and those insurance rates being low, that makes it very intangible. Um, We really do like that people like that. And um, people are coming from the West Coast because it's just too expensive for housing and uh, living there. And moving over to Arizona, 
from the West Coast seems like a very natural progression. And then if you're coming from the East Coast, they're looking for many times a warmer climate. But we also have a lot of businesses coming here, too, and um, and moving here because they're coming from these these other states that I just referenced. Yeah, my mom moved there about 40 or 50 years ago because she had asthma so bad or she had yeah. COPD or whatever it's called. She couldn't breathe. And this was same with my know, family. Is it, is it still the same there that the the, um, the air conditions are and the I guess it's the dry air that makes it easier for them to breathe. Is that, mm-hmm. That's still the same, right? Yes, we still have our dry air, unfortunately. <laughs> but you're right. I think back at that time with your mom and even my grandparents, people moved here for health reasons. And then uh, in time, it just continues to grow. And there is a lot of people who just love that warm, dry air, and they just don't care for humidity. So there's there's a dozen reasons on, on what makes people want to uh, drive here. So housing, affordability, jobs, and then health. Let's talk about uh, the deals, the number of deals that you do, or percentage-wise is, I think, really a better way to look at it. Um, how many, what percentage of deals that you're doing that are investment deals are from out of town compared to people that live right there? Oh. I'm not going to say 100%. I'll keep it at 95%. But 95% of all the transactions are all from out-of-state buyers. So uh, they reach out to me, and, and we do business. And that's a, that's a process that you've perfected now? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a huge trust factor that you need to – you want to uh, – Make sure you solidify with that buyer to let them know that um, there is a method that I have in place on how we begin the conversation, listening to their investment goals, and then determining properties that meet their goals, and then starting that process through showing it to them and all of that. So technology has been very helpful in bringing all of that together and um, closing in closing on those uh, transactions as well. So if somebody's a Lifestyles member and they want to get a hold of you from all over the country, and right now we're somewhere in excess of 50,000 members nationwide, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, how would they get in touch with you to to get on your list and for you to start getting them pre-qualified and set up and ready to buy? So email or phone call. It, they reach out to me either way based on their convenience. Some will even text me, <laughs> and then I'll follow up with them as well, and, and we'll begin uh, our conversation on their goals and what they're looking to achieve. Now, are those contact numbers available on Lifestyle's website, Lifestyle's Realty website? How, how, do, they get you, how do they look you up? So Lifestyle's Realty has a website and it's broken down by our um, different offices. And if you go to the Phoenix office, you'll see my contact information there. Okay. What should a person think about bringing, being prepared to bring to the conversation with you when they get ready to start setting up with you to look for deals? Well, they want to know how much capital or liquidity they have to work with. And, um, they need to, you know, discuss what are their goals. Are they looking for the equity capture component? Are they looking for cash flow? 
uh, and usually those are the two uh, indicators on the type of properties that I will be looking out for them and then bringing to them. And everybody has like a different twist. So based on either one of those, then then that's how we start looking for properties that capture those, um, at least those two elements. All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on today, Stacey, and I also appreciate you being out there helping our members fulfill their dreams. The rest of you out there, remember this. It's not the money. It's the lifestyle. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you tomorrow. Listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more of Dell's unconventional wisdom? Go to lifestylesunlimited.com and click the radio tab. Listen to past shows, hear podcasts on demand, and find out how you can change your life today. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show is part of the Lifestyles Unlimited Radio Network. The information and opinions you hear on the Dell Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Dell Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Dell Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Dell Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.